Welcome to Master Your Relationship Mind Drama. Teaching you how to manage your mind so that you can create relationships you love. And now, here's your host, certified relationship coach and expert in all things love, friendship and mind drama, Rebecca Orr. Hi guys, how is everybody's week going? So this week's podcast is all about boundaries, which I'm sure is a topic so many of us think about and sometimes struggle with. And the world of Instagram is filled with posts about, you know, the importance of boundaries and setting healthy boundaries. And so I wanted to really address this and share what I believe to be the pitfalls with what we're often taught about boundaries and where I see most of my clients going wrong with them. So people often think boundaries are rules we have for other people to follow, that we should set and communicate our boundaries, and then it's up to other people to abide by them. But people are actually not required to do anything that you've asked them to, or just because you've asked them to. That's the reality of life. You can tell your partner to be on time. You can ask your friend not to borrow your clothes without asking you. Or you can ask your parent not to get drunk at Christmas and swear around the children. Guess what? They have free will. And humans are going to do what humans are going to do. And where I see my clients getting stuck is they make a request of somebody to change a behavior. And then when people continue to do the behavior and ignore their request, They feel very angry and confused and hopeless. They feel very powerless and they believe that their boundary has failed. But boundaries are not things that are set against other people or rules that they must follow. And luckily, you actually don't need anybody else to change their behavior in any way in order for your boundary to be successful. So what is a boundary if it's not an expectation of behavior that people should follow? If you've been listening to a few of my podcasts already, you'll have heard me say that it's always our thoughts about somebody's behavior that creates our emotions. So for example, when someone is yelling at me, it's my thoughts, it's my brain's interpretation about them yelling that creates my emotion of anxiety. But While that is totally true, and that it's my brain that creates my emotions, that of course does not mean we always just want to change our thoughts and feel okay in all types of situations and with all types of behaviors. If someone is yelling at me, for example, I don't want to change my thoughts to, that's totally okay, let's stay here and be yelled at some more. Of course not. So a boundary is actually an action that you will take in response to a certain behavior. Notice how I didn't say boundaries and action they have to take or stop taking. So I'm going to repeat that. A boundary is an action that you will take in response to a certain behavior. And it is not an action that they have to take or stop taking. I've had a client say before, I have a boundary that my partner isn't allowed to raise his voice to me. That's my boundary. Well, he actually totally is allowed to raise his voice to you. He's a human being and he has free will. And how do we know that he can raise his voice to you? Because he does. And simply just telling him 
that he isn't allowed to raise his voice to you, telling him what he's allowed to do and not do, likely isn't going to be very successful. So a boundary in this situation would sound like, if my partner raises their voice to me, I will end the conversation and leave the room. Notice who you're taking control over in that situation. It's not that. The boundary isn't that they have to change. The boundary isn't that we're going to sit there and stamp our feet and demand that they do anything different. Luckily, because we can't control whether they do or not. The person that you are taking control over in that situation is you. And the answer should always be you. So if you're trying to set a boundary with the aim to control them, that is likely where you're going wrong. Because you cannot control other people. And attempting to do so is likely going to leave you feeling disheartened, frustrated, and powerless. Another thing I want to make clear is a boundary isn't something that you set when a behavior becomes bad enough. When I was doing my own boundary work, this was the thinking error that I had. So I'd spend ages asking everyone's opinion about what they thought about that other person's behavior. Was it bad? Was it okay? Was it normal? Should I be okay with it? Would they be okay with it? As if there was an objective measurement for how bad a behavior was that I could use to determine whether I was allowed to set a boundary. But there was no such thing as objectively bad behavior. Some of you may have gasped when I said that, but hear me out. If you haven't listened to my episode called All Circumstances Are Neutral, then definitely do after this. And what I discussed on that podcast is that All behaviours are just behaviours, as in things people do. And then we as human beings have a thought about them and we judge them as good or bad. Now, I'm not suggesting we should stop doing that. I want to keep my belief that the behaviour of abuse is bad, that violence against women is bad, that violence against anyone is bad, that homophobic or racial discrimination is bad. Those are my personal beliefs that I'm not okay with those things. I do not like them. And those beliefs are, you know, sentences (laughs) that exist inside my brain. Some people don't agree with me. Some people are very openly okay with being racist and homophobic because their brains have very different sentences in them. Those are very intense examples, but bringing this down a level to more day-to-day examples... Some people think the behavior of doing drugs is totally okay. Others think it isn't and wouldn't want to be around people doing them. Some people do not want to be around people taking God's name in vain or swearing, whilst others do that in every other sentence. And I remember when I was doing this work, hearing a friend of mine telling me how her and her boyfriend call each other the C word and swear at each other a lot. And this really reminded me and showed me how differently people's brains think about all types of behavior. Because there were some people that would think that was terrible and not okay. She thought it was totally normal and okay and found it funny. So there really is no such thing as a good enough reason to set a boundary. Because there isn't behavior that's objectively okay and behavior that objectively isn't. You get to decide. Some people set boundaries around people not smoking in their homes. Others encourage people to do it. It's totally up to you. 
Some of my clients have wanted to set boundaries around their partners having female friends or spending every weekend night with them or not allowing their partner to go on, you know, lads' holidays. Now, again, I'm not saying these things are objectively good or bad. They're totally neutral. But they also aren't actually boundary issues. Remember, boundaries are not ways for you to control the people in your life. They are not ultimatums or rules or instructions that other people have to follow. Your partner has free will and gets to do whatever the hell they want. I'm going to repeat that. Your partner has free will and gets to do whatever the hell they want. And boundaries are for situations where the person is encroaching on your space in some way. Maybe it's your belonging, home, your time, your space, whatever. If you're just trying to control someone's behavior and they're not actually encroaching on you in any way, head to my podcast on wishing they would change their behavior. And that'll be a really good episode for you to listen to. But for those who do have a boundary issue where someone is encroaching on their time, their space, their home, their belongings, their you know emotional space in some way, before you choose to set a boundary, It's important to make sure you're coming from a place of emotional adulthood. What do I mean by emotional adulthood? (laughs) What I mean is getting to a place where you understand that it's your thoughts that create your emotion. And you don't believe that this person needs to change for you to feel the way you want to feel. So remember, if you think this person needs to change in order for you to feel better, you're likely going to be sat there stomping your feet, pouting, feeling like a victim to whatever they're doing or not doing. And this is not a very empowering place for you to be in. But their behavior is a circumstance. It's a neutral circumstance. And it's your brain's thoughts about it that create your emotion. So get curious about that for a second. When they behave in this way, what emotion do you feel? And what thoughts are creating those feelings? Now, hear me when I repeat that this does not mean you are responsible for their actions or that you should feel okay with the behavior. If someone is yelling homophobic abuse at me in the street, for example, I don't want to feel okay about that. But understanding that my thoughts create my emotions just allows me to choose what I do want to think about it more intentionally. So consider what default thoughts and feelings your brain is choosing about this behavior. Would you choose to pick that intentionally? How do you feel and show up when you're believing that? Is it serving you to think that? If not, get curious. Is it really true? What else could be true? What else might be an optional thought here? What else could you make this mean? Spend some time getting really curious and being open to finding other perspectives that feel aligned with how you want to show up to this situation. Not thoughts that necessarily make you feel totally okay with the behavior and set new boundary. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying finding perspectives that feel aligned with who you want to be in response to this behavior. Take ownership of your thoughts and feelings and consider what you want to think intentionally so that you can get clear on how you want to respond to this behavior in the future. Many of us think that boundaries are things we set against others. That if we have a boundary, it's something that distances us or disconnects us from other people. But I want to offer the opposite opinion. 
that boundaries are actually things that can be set from places of love for yourself and for the other person. You can choose to set a boundary to help create the kind of relationships you want to enjoy and because you love and value the relationship, not out of frustration and anger towards that person, but out of connection and love. So consider that for a moment too. What emotion do you want to set this boundary from? So that's the work you can be doing before you set the boundary. And the next part is actually setting it. And this comes in two steps. So step number one is the request. So you ask someone to stop doing the behavior. For example, please do not yell and swear at me. Then step number two is the consequence. This is where you decide what you will do not what you will force them to do, what you will choose to do if they do not comply with your request. For example, if you continue to yell and swear at me, I will hang up the phone or I will leave the room. You also don't always have to communicate the boundary. It can just be something you know that you will do. So for example, I have a boundary where if I'm walking down the street and somebody hits me, I will call the police. That is a boundary. That is my chosen response to that behavior. Now, I don't communicate that to everybody I pass on the street. I just know that if that ever happens to me, that's what I'm going to do. So you don't always have to verbally tell people your boundaries and communicate them. But sometimes it makes sense to do that. Sometimes the situation feels right that, you know, communicating this is a boundary for you and you, this is how you're going to respond in the future can actually be really helpful. So let's dive into a real example from a past client of mine whose name I'm going to change. And this is an example I've shared with her permission, of course. So let's call her Natalie. Natalie was dating and hoping to find a relationship. And she had been on multiple dates with a guy who she really liked and had a great time with whenever they were together. She really wanted to keep dating him. But on multiple occasions, he said he'd be there to pick her up at a certain time and then text to say he was running late, arriving around 30 minutes to an hour or an hour and a half later than the the time they agreed. Natalie would feel continuously annoyed by this. She believed he was stealing her time from her and disrespecting her. She usually would sit there texting her friends furiously waiting for him and then make passive-aggressive comments when he eventually did pick her up. When we coached on it, she realized she was blaming him for her emotions and giving him the responsibility over her emotional life and her time. She believed him being late made her annoyed. And since she didn't want to end the relationship, but she also couldn't control his bad timekeeping, she felt completely stuck and completely powerless. She was also making him being late mean he didn't care about her, which when we really looked at it, wasn't actually true. She didn't believe that he didn't care. He showed her he cared in a number of ways, and he was incredibly kind and loving towards her. His brain just didn't operate in the same way that hers did. And he didn't seem to value timekeeping in the same way that she did. She also felt frustrated that she was waiting around for him. But again, when we coached on it, she realized that was totally a choice she was choosing to make. She could choose to wait or she could choose to not wait. And that was where her power left, not in controlling him. Being angry and frustrated at him for not thinking about time in the same way she did 
and sitting around stewing about it was not serving her. So once we cleaned up her thinking about what his lateness meant, about what it meant about his feelings for her, she realized she could totally save herself a lot of mental drama here. She didn't have to be annoyed at him and she didn't have to allow his bad timekeeping to dictate her day. So the boundary she decided to set and communicate with him from a completely open and loving space was something along the lines of, Pef, I know you often finish work later than planned and then have a few things to do before we meet, but I also have things to fit in during my own week. So in the future, I'm going to wait 30 minutes for you after the time we've agreed. But if you don't arrive by then, I'll just get on with doing other things I need to do and we will have to rearrange. This way, she was in charge of how long she was willing to wait and how she felt while she was waiting. And she didn't have to feel powerless in any way. She even started to have something planned for herself to do if he was late. So she knew she'd be making good use of her time either way. Now, sometimes when we do set and follow through with our boundaries, the other person's behavior then magically changes. <laughs> Maybe they notice our response and our boundary and decide to make a change to their own behavior. Sometimes that happens and that's great. But this should never be the aim because it isn't guaranteed and you always get to reassess and set new boundaries at any time. You can totally decide that this type of behavior is not something you want to keep being around. That's okay too. For example, my client may have eventually decided that this guy wasn't someone she wanted to date. Who knows? But either way, knowing you are in charge of how you think, feel and respond and focusing on that instead of blaming and judging and trying to change other people is so much more empowering. Another example is actually a personal one of them. I had a friend a while back who loved to ring me whenever anything at all was happening in her life. She would ring me. And if I didn't answer, she would text saying, answer your phone. And when I did, she would stay on the phone for over an hour, talking about whatever the drama was that day. And I used to be so irritated by this. I was not in a place of being an emotional adult and taking responsibility for myself. And I was blaming her totally. Even though it was me that was answering the phone and staying on the phone to her. Even when I was at the gym, I'd answer the phone because of my own insecurities and fears of upsetting her. And then I'd feel frustrated that I'd done that and hadn't had a very good workout. I was making her ringing me mean that she didn't respect my time. She had no boundaries. And I was blaming and judging her instead of taking control over myself and my own thoughts and feelings. So much unnecessary mind drama. When in reality, my boundary could have been very simple. My boundary could have been, if she rings me when I'm not free, and even if she texts me and asks that I answer, I won't answer unless I'm available and unless I want to speak to her. And this is where most of our boundaries go terribly wrong. We communicate what we want or what we don't want, and then we're very shocked that that person's behavior doesn't magically change. But people's behavior is about their own brains, which are wired in their own unique ways. So whatever the behavior is, that is what comes naturally to them, meaning it's probably a lot easier for them not to change it than it is to change it. It's like a habit for them. It's their natural default behavior. 
And where our problem lies is we're often afraid to actually go through with our consequence. We're afraid to hang up the phone, to leave the room, to cancel the plans, to say no to the request, whatever it is, because we're afraid they'll think badly about us or be upset. So instead, we decide to just bitch and moan about their behavior and not have our own backs. And I did this all the time. Because in my brain, I'd rather be annoyed with them than have them be annoyed at me. Because them being annoyed at me felt unsafe. I was terrified of rejection. So I was unwilling for them to have a negative thought about my boundaries. If that resonates, head to the episode before this one, which is about being on red alert for people being upset with you. That dives into that topic in a lot more detail. But for this episode, I want you to really think about what scares you about following through with that boundary. For example, if your partner gets quite angry during arguments and raises their voice and you've decided you don't want to have conversations when they're in that state, maybe you don't enjoy conversations where one of you is yelling or speaking in a certain way. Maybe you prefer conversations when you're both feeling calmer. You might have decided that you want to set a boundary. A previous client of mine had this exact situation, actually. Her boyfriend didn't mind shouting and raising his voice during argument. But for her, she didn't enjoy it. Her body went into fight or flight and she didn't feel able to properly communicate from that place. She didn't feel it was productive. And we, of course, coached on how she could self-soothe and how her partner's behavior didn't mean he didn't care and that he was just feeling and expressing his emotions. And she was able to take responsibility for her own thoughts and her emotions. And she understood that they came from her brain and the way her brain was wired, not actually from him. And she then chose to set a boundary where if he was appearing to be emotionally reactive and raising his voice during a disagreement, she would say, I love you, but I think we should both take a breath and continue this when we've calmed out. And then she'd leave the room. Now, this seemed very simple on paper, (laughs) but in reality, saying that and following through felt terrifying. She was scared he'd say she was being too sensitive. It would mean she wasn't a good girlfriend because she was walking away from an argument instead of staying to sort it out. Because his preferences were to hash everything out there. She thought it meant that she didn't care about him. When it comes to following through with our consequences and our boundaries, All this kind of doubt and mind drama is naturally going to come up in your brain. So it's really important that you know that that doesn't mean something's gone wrong, that that is a very normal part of boundary setting. Like me with my friend in the phone calls, my thought was, if I don't answer the phone, it'll mean I'm a bad friend. That she, you know, she'll be mad at me and she'll think I don't care about her. And while I was believing that was true, that that's what it would mean, that I didn't care about her, I was a bad friend. Upholding my boundary felt impossible. So notice what you're afraid they'll think if you were to uphold this boundary. And ask yourself, why is it a problem if they think that? This is why most of us struggle. We think that if they don't like our boundary and have a negative thought about it, it means something's gone wrong. We are bad people in some way. My partner thinks me ending a conversation means I don't care then maybe they're right. Maybe I am uncaring. Maybe I am a bad girlfriend. But that is not true. And really taking a moment to question that thought is really important. 
How is that not true at all? Why is the opposite actually true? How does having this boundary actually make me a very caring girlfriend or friend or whatever it is? How is this boundary actually going to benefit our relationship? This is probably the hardest part of the work, choosing what you want to think about yourself and your boundary, regardless of the other person's reaction. For example, someone in the same situation as my client was with her partner might think this boundary is a good thing for both of us because it's going to help us have more productive and useful conversations. Or I am a kind, loving partner and it's okay to give us both space right now. They may not like this boundary and that's okay. People might not like and support your boundaries. They may have negative thoughts about them and they may express those opinions to you. But what if it's okay for them to not like the boundary and have a negative emotion about it? What if you could give them permission to have their thoughts about it and give yourself permission to do what feels right for you? Following through with boundaries is not always easy, which is why so many of us choose to not have them at all and just resent people instead. But ask yourself, What will I gain from upholding this boundary? How would having this boundary be beneficial, not only to me, but to them? So to recap, boundaries are not rules that other people should follow. They are actions that you decide to follow through with if a certain behavior occurs. They are best made from a place of love, not frustration. Step one is understanding that this person's behavior is actually neutral. And it's always your thoughts creating your feelings and choosing what you intentionally want to think about this behavior on purpose. Then step two is deciding on your consequence. For example, if they do X, Y, or Z, I will do this, whatever it is, leave, hang up, whatever. If I show up to the party and people are taking drugs, then I'll leave. If my friends don't agree to chip in for petrol, I'm not going to drive us to the event. If my uncle swears in front of the kids, then we are going to leave the room or leave the house. You might choose to communicate this boundary or you might choose not to. It's your choice. There's no right or wrong. And then step three is actually following through with your consequence if the behavior happens and managing your mind and managing your mind when all the mind drama comes up, which by the way, you should totally expect it to. And my advice here is to decide ahead of time what you want to think and feel about yourself and your boundary, regardless of what they think and feel about it. And have those thoughts mentally prepared, maybe write them down for when it's time to follow through. Sometimes your boundary might be choosing to end a relationship. It might be deciding that you don't want to be around this person or spend time with them anymore. And that's totally okay too. That is a boundary in itself. It's your way of taking ownership over the type of people, spaces, and situations you put yourself into. Setting and following through with boundaries can feel uncomfortable, but it's in going through with this discomfort that we actually create more of the kinds of relationships that we want and less of what we don't want. We create relationships where we don't feel like victims to our circumstances and powerless, and build a relationship with ourselves where we know we will always have our own backs, no matter what. 
Okay, guys, that's all I've got for you today. I hope you enjoyed it and it was useful. Until next time, have a great rest of the week. If you're loving this podcast, you can also hang out with Rebecca on Instagram and TikTok at Rebecca or Coaching. Don't forget to sign up to her email list for exclusive freebies and for more information on her one-to-one and group coaching programs. 